Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. For our last session, let's talk about a few more metrics that are important for recruiting so that you can get it right and that you can be a superstar to your organization. The first one, I kind of already mentioned this, but I didn't really straight out say it, is the application completion rate. Remember, it's not about how many applicants you get. If you get 100 applicants, but only 10 of them actually completed the application, you may really only have gotten 10 applicants. But not only that, you may only have gotten two that are actually qualified. So a lot of these things that we already talked about all go together. You may get a lot of applicants that are not qualified because your job ad wasn't right. Um, It didn't reflect the right amount of knowledge, skills, or abilities that you actually needed, the licenses, the degrees, the years of experience, whatever it might be. Or some core items that you absolutely had to have otherwise you couldn't hire somebody based on state law in your in your industry a lot of industries have specifics especially healthcare for example application completion rate is super important if you have a lot of people abandoning your job application you already know that something's wrong with your job application so that's a pretty easy one to address and fix Just ask people why they abandoned it and they may tell you. But what I really would do is ask some employees in your organization who aren't in HR, aren't in recruiting, and they're probably going to be honest with you to say, oh, wow, this is really long, this asking a lot of questions. Uh, The final thing I want to say about that is test everything on your phone because not everybody has a computer. Not everybody's going to be applying on a computer. So if it's difficult to apply uh, for your application through a phone, then it's probably going to be abandoned. So job application completion is super important. Common reasons for application abandonment are too time intensive a process, as I mentioned, required repeat information from the resume, as I mentioned, and then again, you're going to ask them to do this again in their new hire paperwork. We really need to, you know, get this all together so we're not asking the same information 10 times. I may also require things up front, such as references. Not everyone's going to be comfortable giving you references when they haven't even interviewed with you. And so, and I think that's fair. I don't think you should ask for references up front. I should think you should ask for them after the, after you've already gotten into the interview process. Let them know if you make it to stage three of the interview, you're going to need to provide references, so get them ready. It may also require too many assessments to begin with. Um, I know some organizations, uh, and I think they're completely wrong doing this, but before a candidate could hit submit on an application or they hit submit and they automatically get a response that says you have to complete this, you know, 15-minute um uh, you know, assessment process and the candidates like, are you out of your mind? I haven't even talked to you yet. I'm not completing this. And again, I think that's fine for them to say, no, this needs to be moved to another stage. And of course, then there also might be some technical issues or complications with your applicant tracking system. Um, finally, and this makes one always makes me giggle. If it requires a physical signature or a physical hand in, 
it better be a darn good job, right? Because if you're actually going to make people drive to your location or print something out to sign it, then, then to get a, to scan it back in and email it, not everybody has a printer. Not everybody has internet. Not everybody has a scanner. Not everybody's job requires them to have any of this or any of the um, abilities or knowledge of how to do that. So let's, you know, make it as easy as possible. Another metric that you want to look at is the candidate callback rate. So this means, you know, if you're somebody applied, you super simplified your application, your job uh, ad is amazing because it actually is realistic. You have good pay, good benefits. You know, you've, you've fixed all the other problems, but your candidates aren't calling back. There may be something else that's happening. Now, what I've also found that is sometimes the job application is too simple and you don't ask them any questions. So I want to make it simple, but I also want to ask them a few questions um, such as, uh, you know, say Saturday is required to work. Can you work on Saturday? It is a requirement. And it, let's just say it's only a Friday, Saturday job, right? Uh, because we do have to be careful with requirements of weekend work and some other days based on religious accommodation. That's a whole other conversation. But if you do have questions on that, feel free to reach out to me. But it could be that it was so simple to apply and then you call them or you email them and then they went back and looked at the candidate, went back and looked at the job ad and said, ah, I'm not really interested they may not actually be returning your call. But it would be nice to track how many people are not returning your call so that you could fix whatever is broken. And, you know, recruiting is part of HR, but recruiting is a form of selling. You are selling them on working for your company. You're truthful, please be truthful, but you are selling them on working for your company. And I'm sorry, but not every HR professional can be a successful recruiter. And not every recruiter can be a successful HR professional. It does take a very, very special person to sell others on anything. So you, your recruiters have to use selling techniques as well as good old customer service skills. The days of, oh, I'm not calling back that candidate or too bad, they, I miss, they missed my call, that's not my problem, they're gone. They should have never been around anyways. But if you are just giving up on candidates because they missed a call, really find out, did they know that this call was coming? Did they agree to it? Uh, give them another chance. Listen, we are in a world where there is a pandemic still going on, so Odds may be that something's going on in that person's household and they had to cancel, but they had no way of getting in touch with you because maybe your applicant tracking system blocks all personal uh, communication. So really stop and think, if I was in this candidate's shoes, how could I have told them I wasn't able to make it? Or did they even know that we had an appointment? You also, of course, want to track candidates per hire. That would be great, right? If you only have one candidate and that's the one you're going to choose, I mean, maybe they're the ideal candidate and that was amazing, but it could, I wouldn't want you to hire people based on desperation and just because one candidate um, actually completed your lengthy application process or whatever it might be. But the candidates per hire 
the qualified candidates per hire is probably the better one. Uh, they'll help you determine the effectiveness of your overall recruiting efforts for that job requisition. It's to, it is important, again, to note that the easier you make your application process, you may become overwhelmed with candidates and not all will be qualified. So there is a catch-22. You don't want to make it so easy that a million people apply, but you definitely want to make it easy enough that qualified people can apply in a very short amount of time. Um, we don't want to deter qualified applicants. So keep in mind that hiring managers are usually also the managers to a team already in the job and quite possibly also do the on-the-job training manager role too. I would rather you have a handful of very qualified applicants that that hiring manager has to um, interview rather than giving the hiring manager you know, 40 in, uh, candidates that they have to sift through and somehow interview. We should not be putting all the recruiting work onto the hiring manager. And I know if you're a small company, this is hard. This is really hard, but we can build systems. We can build automated emails. We can work with the hiring manager in advance. Remember, you're going to project plan this out and say what's important to you, what questions you want me to ask before the candidate even gets to your email. Um, what is a go, no go? You know, when would they absolutely be declined? just when the, the application's coming in and or just after HR has talked to them. It could be money. It could be location. It could be a license. It could be um, a language barrier. Just be careful that all of these are actual bona fide job qualifications and not just pie-in-the-sky ideas. But if you plan all of this with the hiring manager before, the hiring manager's going to appreciate it, HR slash recruiting is going to appreciate it, and the candidates are going to appreciate it because you're going to be able to move along, even with the declines, much quicker than previously. Common reasons, as again explained, for low candidates could be the application, it could be a vague job ad, it could have some negative wording in job ads. We should not have in job ads things like, we will not accept, please do not contact. That's just saying, hey, we don't like to communicate, so therefore don't contact us. Um, there could be low pay or no job or no pay transparency in the job ad, and many candidates will not apply to that either. Uh, I personally do not like to work with any clients who are not transparent in putting job pay in the job ad. If you're not transparent about that, what else are you not transparent about? You can have um, no benefits listed um, or no benefits at all, and that is what the candidates are looking for. Could also be, of course, location, working hours, days, um, negative online reviews, like I mentioned. Uh, we mentioned this a little bit, uh, cost per hire, but really cost per recruiting as a whole. Uh, you would have to really get all those hard costs and all those soft costs together and then backtrack it into all of your recruiting and then break it into maybe recruiting by department. And then uh, hopefully, eventually, you can get it down to hard plus soft costs per job requisition. And then you can truly say to the executives, listen, this is how much it's costing us per hire on average. And this is why we need to make some changes. This is why we need another recruiter. This is why we need a better applicant tracking system, which costs money because we're losing candidates and or we're losing a lot of money just to get the right candidate 
uh, based on these these hard costs and soft costs. So we already went over the hard costs and soft costs, so I won't go over that again, but definitely start tracking that. Um, measuring return on investment is very important to executives. This metric is not always easy to determine unless you start tracking. You could even track down on timesheets, and this is for salaried employees too, where employees spent their time on recruiting uh, versus, you know, okay, they spent their time this week and 10 hours of interviewing candidates, which means they weren't working on products or projects for 10 hours. And that time needs to be tracked in the cost per hire. So these are just some, again, um, some ideas for you to start considering. Common reasons for high cost per hire is not being prepared. Excess time spent on unqualified candidates. Again, that goes to being prepared. Let's ask the important questions up front so we can get the go, no go to the next stage. Hiring unqualified out of uh, candidates out of desperation, of course, then with no training plan prepared. And then, you know, searching for this magical unicorn that may or may not exist, but you're bypassing qualified candidates who actually want to work for your organization now. There are a lot of other um, calculations and metrics that you may want to consider. Uh, you know, don't stop at the ones that I've just discussed. You want to also you know, consider, like I mentioned previously, time to hire and time to fill and then backtrack. Why is this position so hard to hire for? Um, do we have requirements that just aren't realistic? Do we need to change our requirements? Do we need to put in relocation costs so that we can relocate somebody across the country or across the world? Can we hire somebody as a contractor instead of a full-time employee or a part-time employee? If you're hiring somebody as a contractor, can we hire somebody in a different country? Um, if they're working in another country and never come to the United States, then you have a lot more leeway with the laws as well. So really start thinking out of the box when you're you're trying to, you know, figure out why is it so hard to fill a position, including lengthy time of hires. Above all, just make sure that you don't give up. Use your, your metrics, you know, as best as you can. There are so many more metrics that we can get into, but we would be here for another hour. But make sure that your quality of hire is super, super important um, and that it's there and that you pre-plan the entire recruiting process before you hit launch that job ad. For more information or if you have any questions, you know how to reach me. Find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, or you can simply reach me on thhrlady.com. Take care. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.